Welcome to this conversation between Stephen Gribben, the CEO and founder of CoachPro, and me, Warren Hammond. Here's a quick snippet of what to expect. This goes into the five steps to manage emotion. The first one is to be aware you're emotional. The second one is to name it. And that is the putting it in a box. The third thing is then to say it's okay. Once it's in a box, you can look at it. You don't need to keep feeling it. You can look at it and accept that's there. Then the fourth thing in managing your emotions is to pause. And that's just to give that that consideration. I'm going to make a judgment here. Where am I going to put this? And then the fifth is to then make a decision. Because you've now allowed your intelligence to step in front of your emotion to say, I'm going to decide where I go next, rather than my emotions taking away all my options. Welcome back, podcasts, to another conversation with me, Warren, and CEO of CoachPro, Stephen Griffin. Now, this is a good one. This one is about the three boxes. It's the best way for me to describe it. You'll hear me struggling to try and come up with a decent description later. But in my head, it's just the three box model. But it's powerful. So one, it's a simple model, which we all know is always useful. But this can change how you look at anything that's ever happened to you and everything that's going to happen to you. So it's an important part of, let's see, the optimal appraisal process and the whole self-development. So we have the choices. We have the choice of whether we're going to spend energy fighting these things or denying these things or using these things. I'm not going to say too much, but you'll quickly see how simple this model is, but yet how profound its influence can be. You'll enjoy this one. There's lots of good stuff in it. As always, there'll be some notes. We're doing a full transcript now, um, so you can read along if that helps. Blogs, there's the models on the different websites. So get involved, get in touch. If there's anything else you'd like us to cover, if there's any questions that you have, the email is podcast at coachpro.online. Anyway, I'm off. Let's get going. Here comes the cheesy music. So today, as always, is a good topic. And how I think about this is the framework that it's described in. It's the three box model is how I think about it. And I use this and think about it in so many different ways. And I'm trying to think what is the perfect description for anyone listening to it. And the best I've come up with so far is this is a perfect model for better reframing of your past. Now, that's not exactly sounds, doesn't sound like the title of an album, but we'll go with it so far. So let's get to the expert. So Stephen, a three box model. What is it? (laughs) Explain to everybody who can't see into my head. What exactly is the three box model? The three box model is a framework where you can consciously frame what has, what is, or will happen in your personal or professional life. Okay, so this isn't just past then. So I've just said past. This is about today, what's happening today, what could happen tomorrow. This is about how you look at anything around you and think, 
how do I put this into a better context? Yeah, it, it's a framework for empowering you to make that conscious choice and own where you place things that happen to you or things that you make happen in a way that has optimal benefit. So rather than things just happening to you or occurring, you get more of a sense of ownership, more of a self-determination of where that's going to go, how that's going to work for you, what you're going to use it for, how you're going to make that optimal. Whether it is labelled a good thing, a bad thing, or an okay thing to begin with emotionally, you making a conscious decision to then say, I'm going to decide what I'm going to do with it. Whether that is a thing that's happened to you in the past, whether it's something that's happened to you just now, or whether it's something that's on its way. Okay. This is already bigger, as always. So this is anything that's going on around me, me thinking in the self-development, consciously owning, this is the part this is going to play in my future outcome. This is how I decide how important or how I'm going to use this for whatever my future outcome is. Yeah, and look, this can be for the smallest practical things. I tend to, first of all, get to introduce this with clients when they describe something as a make or break. And that's when I feel, well, you really don't want to leave that to chance, do you? (laughs) Okay. I think of this a lot when I think back, especially about past experiences, especially bad experiences. So we're talking in sales teams and stuff. Then it's a way of recontextualizing, again, another awful word about anything that's awful happened really awful, bad to us, let's say in a bad queue or a bad a bad month or a bad loss of a client, this is something that this model can be used to reframe it and make it better. But you're saying this, it's not just bad things from your past. This is, this can be anything from today, from tomorrow, from as well as from yesterday. Yeah, look, I think most people would accept we naturally see or create rather the opportunity to learn from adversity, learn from mistakes, you know, to improve things that haven't gone the way we'd wanted. I've always looked upon that and said, well, what if we could also learn from our successes? What if we could build from a winning position? What if we could use the victory and use the great result to learn from that also so that we can recreate and enhance that? So this is not a fix. This is a solution. This is a way of looking at the things that happen and get beyond that label of right, wrong, good, bad, strong, weak, things I wanted, things I didn't want or liked or didn't like, and saying, well, for that thing, which box is it currently in and which box do I want to start putting in? This is great. This goes straight to the heart then of this whole self-development chat that we talk about is you know, the building on the strengths, the conscious ownership, there's looking at everything around you and deciding what you're going to make work for you. So where do we get started on this then, On the, in the three boxes? First of all, to, to as you're saying about if that's with self-development, and this is the, well, why should you put things in boxes, first of all? And there is a value in putting things in boxes because you objectify it at that stage. And therefore, you can look at it more objectively, more intelligently. You can see it as a thing rather than wrap it up into a whole mess of stuff. 
So what this is about in terms of self-development, this will allow you to become more self-aware that things happen and accept that things happen, good, bad, and different. It will give you more self-confidence and being able to say, I can take control back. I can be in charge of this. I can direct this. I can decide what box I'm going to put this in. That allows you then to develop greater self-management so that you get things to work for you rather than you always having to work through stuff or deal with stuff. But actually your self-management is putting this stuff in a way that works for you. Not always doing everything for it in the hope that it works out okay, but doing it in a way where it also then works for you. And then finally, that self-determination, where you can look at the things you have done from the past and say, which box am I now going to make sure I get into? You can look at the present and say, okay, the box I'm going to place this in is this box, but also for the future things that are either on their way or you want to create. This is how I'm going to use this to get to where I really want to get to, to reach my full potential and be genuinely happy and successful by being me rather than pretending or living to other people's rules or expectations. So the self-awareness, the self-confidence, the self-management, the self-determination, this pathway of self-development is so strong. And something you said right at the beginning, which I never thought about before in this three-box model, even though it's there right in the heart of it, is the box. Is the fact that you are putting it in the box means you've labelled it, you've objectified it in some way, which then automatically means that maybe you've removed some of the sort of vagueness, emotion out of it, you've intelligently considered it. And the moment you label it, you can then say, you put it into the box and then suddenly it's manageable, isn't it? Because you put it in a box, you've contained it in some way or another. And then your self-confidence, your self-management, your self-determination can kick in. So first bit of that process then is just as important. I never thought about it before is the moment you put it in a box, that's an important part of being up and away at the races. Yeah, and look, this goes into the five steps to manage emotion. The first one is to be aware you're emotional. The second one is to name it. And that is the putting it in a box. The third thing is then to say it's okay. Once it's in a box, you can look at it. You don't need to keep feeling it. You can look at it and accept that's there. Then the fourth thing in managing your emotions is to pause. And that's just to give that that consideration. I'm going to make a judgment here. Where am I going to put this? And then the fifth is to then make a decision. Because you've now allowed your intelligence to step in front of your emotion to say, I'm going to decide where I go next, rather than my emotions taking away all my options. I love that. You know, allowing your intelligence to walk once it in a box. I mean, that's where otherwise it isn't you self-managing, it's your emotional management. So it has to go in the box. Great. So I just think of it as the three box model, but I forget the importance of that box bit. That's really good. Okay, so this is an important part of the self-development journey of owning your own personal development in determining yourself what you want to happen next and in the future. I'm guessing there's going to be three boxes. Just, just, a, just a wild stab in the dark. <laughs> You're right ahead of everybody here. <laughs> but those three boxes sit on an axis, first of all. 
So the two axes you've got, so the vertical, the one that goes up and down, is return on investment. Now, that's all the things you will put into stuff. So your energy, your time, your passion, your reputation, your health sometimes, your levels of stress, your all the things you will invest in yourself. So that vertical axis, the one that goes up and down, is the return on investment. So that's what you get back for everything that you put in. The horizontal axis, the one that goes along the bottom, is your confidence. So that is what makes you feel more confident, makes you feel more valuable, more important, your self-worth, your self-esteem, all that is wrapped up in terms of your confidence. makes you feel better about yourself. So confidence along the bottom, clear, and return on investment. And obviously, we're saying is this isn't a cash thing. This is energy, resource, mind, brain, power, anything that you are bringing to the party. Including cash, if that's relevant. Okay. So what you have is the first box is in the bottom left-hand corner. So it's a box that gives you a very low return on investment and also very low impact on your confidence. And that first box is the denial box. So labelled with a big letter D for denial. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is where you have a situation or a thing that you're going to put in that box and, and almost pretend it didn't happen. Let's go into denial. Let's pretend this isn't happening. Let's pretend it didn't happen. Let's pretend it's not likely to happen. Let's put ourselves in denial. And what that does is it diminishes any return on investment. You're going to have to invest an awful lot in trying to cover this up or pretend it's not there when it clearly is. And it's also going to undermine your confidence because you're having to pretend it's not there. This is the box in which you might say to yourself, I'm going to be successful and just pretend this never happened and hope that nobody asks about it. So it's the hole in a CV where the dates don't quite match up. It's that relationship you try and pretend never happened. It's that accident you had that you just wish you hadn't done something to make that happen. You just want to try and erase it from your mind. I just want to pretend that never happened. And anything that's in there will undermine any return you get and everything you put in, and it'll also undermine your confidence. So from that box, you get a downward spiral where you end up in negative return on your investment and negative confidence. You're going to feel less confident. That's really good. That return on investment piece is because it's at the bottom in my graph. I actually think of it as a low investment. It's not, it's the low return on that investment. And you said straight away, and, and again, one of those light bulbs is, ah, to keep it buried actually takes a lot of investment. I just get a very low return, which is what the, the axis is labeled. So this isn't, it takes low effort and it gets a low return. It could take a lot of effort. It's just, I'm always going to get a low return on it. Emotions in there will be emotions such as regret or embarrassment. And those emotions are only destructive. There's nothing constructive from them. 
quail that in this denial box. And we've said before that when we discuss emotional management, I mean, denying it, it's going to pop up somewhere else, isn't it? I mean, it's, and that's where I guess then the investment is because it's a bit like whack-a-mole. You're going to spend so much time trying to pretend it's not there. I mean, that's you're spending a lot of time pretending something is, is invisible. Okay. You will find that if you're in that box, um, you'll develop abilities to create drama, um, to deflect, distract, and distort something because you're desperate for it to be avoided because you're in denial of it. It never happened. And when you have to continually remind yourself to say it never happened, then what you're doing is you're keeping it alive all that time, which is why it erodes your confidence and continually run, requires that continual investment, knowing you get nothing back. Yeah, touched on before is that by consistently looking at the negative thing you're building up the negative thing which is therefore i get that then it drains your confidence because you're, you're you're consciously going back to that page in your diary where everything was rubbish you're you're not letting anyone else see it but you're consciously keeping looking at it just to make sure nobody else can see it yeah i get that now you might have some things in that are traumatic that you're just not ready yet to be doing anything about and therefore kind of numbing yourself from that pain, that denial box has a good use. But it is still draining both your confidence and it's still not going to give you anything back. But it might be a holding position that you're in for a while because it's a dark place, because there's a cover over it. But that's what that box does. And this goes back to your conscious thing is... And we'll discuss it at the end. And no, is it's not that nothing can live in there. It's just to choose what you want to live in there. Yeah. I mean, look, it's okay to have something in there. Just don't expect it to give you something back or boost your confidence. Okay. So the bottom left, so we've got the axis return on investment. We've got confidence at the bottom. So the bottom left is is denial, the, the, the denial box. Okay. Then the next box. And the next box is kind of going up towards the right-hand corner. So it kind of sits in the middle where initially what you will get is the level of return on your investment and it will move your confidence along quite a bit. And this box is the fight box. As this is when you're going to have things in that box that you're going to fight. So this is where you'll be saying to yourself, this thing has happened, but in spite of that, I'm going to be successful. So I'm going to be successful and achieve what I want to achieve in spite of what's happened. So you fight it. So you determine that you're not going to let this thing hold you back. It's happened. You're now accepting it's happened. It's no longer in denial. You accept it. But now you're going to fight. And you're not going to let that thing define you. You're not going to let that thing hold you back. You're not going to let that situation put you off. Therefore, you're going to go for that next promotion, even though you didn't get the last one to prove that they were wrong and not giving you it before. You know, you're going to go and find a relationship with someone you trust in spite of the fact that the last person was disloyal to you. You're in that fight at box, which is a different energy. And initially, it does give you a better return on investment because it gets you back up and in there. And it also gives you more confidence and that you're now doing something. This is no longer holding you back. 
you're now facing up to it, you're fighting it, and you're going to be successful in spite of this thing. I mean, I know there's another book coming, but this already sounds a really good box. I mean, I can see that if there's something necessarily, and, and also I think my brain's thinking of bad things that have happened in your past, like whether it's a bad job or a bad relationship or a bad experience. If you say, yeah, that's not going to stop me, I'm going to show that thing, whatever it was, you go out there swinging and fighting, it, that sounds, you're going to be motivated, you're driven, that you're going to want to prove the world wrong. So then sometimes I think, oh, this is this is really powerful and I like it. And then other times when I've heard you describe it, it feels like that sort of chip on your shoulder type of guy, you know? The, and then you think, yeah, there is a limit to that, I guess. I mean, in a way, I can imagine it's incredibly motivating and powerful and impactful and valuable. But there is a limit, I guess. But it still sounds pretty good. Oh, no, this is a good box. This is a real good box. And to get out of denial and into the fight of box, it's a great box. You will get a big uplift in the return on your investment. And you'll get a big uplift initially in your confidence because now you're facing up to this and this isn't going to beat you. You've determined you're going to win. However, after a period of time, you start to get a law of diminishing returns because it's exhausting. Because you're still fighting the same fight. And after a while, that starts to give you less return on your investment. And certainly it starts to erode your confidence because whatever you resist will persist. And so you're keeping it alive to fight it. And in some ways, by fighting that this will not define you, it starts to define you. Yeah. That makes sense. If you are using this to define what you are and who you are, so therefore you can't, it, it, it can never go away. Otherwise, what's left? So it's something you have to carry with you all the time. And, and while you're fighting that thing, you're not really with open arms grasping what's around you. So it's a really good box, an energising box, a confidence-giving box, a great return on your investment box for a period of time. But it starts to get tiresome after a while. That makes sense. Yeah, it feels like it's almost a good launching pad against something, isn't it? I'm thinking of swimming, you know, you push against the wall and it gets you out there, but, you know, you can't keep pushing against the same wall if you really want to get going somewhere. Yeah, and look, that's... Externally, all these things, also internally, when you're fighting against yourself, not allowing yourself to be who you are, you know, fighting against what you believe in, fighting against what comes naturally to you, fighting against the way you see the world, you know, fighting against, I'm going to be successful in spite of myself. After a while, you realise that you can't leave the room and leave yourself behind. Yeah, you're right. So it sounds great when you first say it. Maybe it's because we started with the denial box, the fire box, and these sounds, oh, yeah, this is a great box to be. Everyone, let's get into this. So then the next box, let's get to that one then, because already I'm liking the fight box, but I get that, as you said, that law of diminishing returns, and it's not going to progress, is it? You're going to get stalled. You're going to get stuck eventually. Well, as long as you're standing your ground, you're not going to be moving forward. 
So, you know, that denial box has diminishing returns immediately on your return on investment and confidence. It takes you into a negative very, very quickly. The fight it box initially gives you an uplift on your investment and also an uplift in your confidence, but after a while starts to give diminishing returns. The third box actually has a virtuous spiral where the return on investment and your confidence actually spirals up the way. And this is your optimal box for things to go in. And this box is labelled the use it box. So a big letter U on it. And this is when you're going to be successful because of what's happened or what is happening or because of what will happen. So you're channeling it, you're using it. It's a because of, you're going to work with it rather than grind or fight against it. And this is where you get to be successful by being you as opposed to pretending to be something or someone else. Love that. That authenticity comes back to the self-development story then is the denying it is totally disregarding it. The fighting it, that can be something which then is a true characteristic of you, which you're refusing to acknowledge. But then the using it is whatever it is, you don't label it good or bad. It's just what it is. And you're making this into a positive. Yeah, that already sounds better, doesn't it? Than the fight it. And then you're going to apply it positively. You know, and this is where you can take something that's, you know, you've labeled something as being a positive situation or a negative situation. Then the question is, so, so what are you going to do with it? What are you going to be successful because of that? How are you going to use that? How are you going to use it as a platform and much to build? How can you make this work for you rather than try and work against it? How can you make this a really positive thing for you? Not necessarily a positive thing that happened, but how can you turn this into a positive outcome? And again, I think because of the deny and the fight it, your mind automatically goes to, you know, something bad in the relationship or, or in your career or in your life. And denying it, as you said, maybe if there's some trauma or just unpleasantness or something you're not particularly proud of, you'd stick it there. The fight it is kind of that chippy, I'll show me or the world or, you know, my last boss or my current boss, I'll show them. But then they use it, though, that automatically feels positive doesn't it you're taking all of those things and saying because of what i've learned i'm going to do things differently in the future yeah that is different and this is where you can you know some examples of this where and it is the quality of the questions as for a lot of self-development you know um but you can take things from your past and have it in that denial box and while it's in there then that's going to be costly, both in terms of your investment, but also in terms of your confidence. But some things, it's okay for those things to be there. But you're ideally looking to say, well, how can I move things from there into at least the fight it box? It's not required, and I've, I've seen this to be quite unsuccessful, of people who try and go straight from denial into using, because you probably need to work through the fight it box as that gradual, solid progression. 
and equally then by experiencing the benefits but the shortcomings eventually of fighting it, you'll then put it in the user box and keep it there as opposed to then drifting back into the fighter box. But things from your past where you can think, well, this is I'm, I'm going to pretend this never happened, therefore you're not utilising it. Okay, I'm no longer going to allow that to hold me back. But eventually getting into that user box of saying, well, how can I be because of... So, you know, one of the personal things that I will, I will share with clients is that, you know, and I've got things in all three boxes. I've always have things in all three boxes. But I used to have in that denial box a pretty troubled childhood, which back in those days was not as publicly recognised, uh, which sometimes I'm thankful for, but sometimes I think I would have benefited from. However, uh, I've got things in that denial box that I just spent most of my school years trying to hide and pretending it was never happening. So you'd need to put a lot of effort into distraction techniques, particularly when the teacher would be going around the class asking what their mum or dad did for a job and my dad was a bad man. So I would be putting all sorts of distraction techniques into trying to make sure the question never made it round to me. So I had a lot of that stuff in the denial box. And I thought, I'm going to be successful at what I do and just pretend none of that stuff happened. But after a while, I managed to get into the fight out box. And I thought, no, I'm going to be successful at what I do in spite of all those things that happened. I'm not going to let all those experiences and all that trauma hold me back. I'm going to be successful in spite of all that. And that did get me up. It got me to set my own business up. It got me to go and find clients. It went and got me to learn and research and get on the phone, send emails, push myself out to places all over the world because I was not going to let that background hold me back. And then eventually, when it started to diminish the return I managed to get into the user box and I thought, no, I'm going to be successful at what I do because of all that. And in the 23 years I've been doing this, I've never sat across from anybody who's been able to share some real trauma in their life that I haven't been able to deal with properly because of what I've been through personally. And so I've genuinely got stuff in that user box that was in that denial box for a long time. And it had to be in the denial box to begin with because that was a coping mechanism. I get that. That's, as you said, moving it from one to all the way to the end. I guess you kind of got to be ready. And I guess that that's why there's always going to be some stuff in the denial box because you're not ready to empty it all totally. But And the value in this, Warren, is, is you not being trapped in that box by the situation but you deciding and being okay that that's in that box for now. And that's okay. But it doesn't mean to say everything needs to be in that box. And this is objectively, consciously determining what box you're going to put things in. So whether it's, a, you know, you lost a client and you want to pretend you didn't lose the client and then you want to go and sort of replace the figures and say you're going to be successful in spite of that client or you can get into that user box and see how losing that client is a way, making sure I never lose clients for that reason again. And we talked about this during the optimal appraisal about how do you not reframe, but use the past to show that you are in the best possible place. That's the way you use it, isn't it? What are all those things that we've learned? And that's where I really use that, that model, I think. But the other ways you talked about this, the moving it through, you see this in so much, especially in, in your career and in your life 
it's probably a lot you hide in you deny it but then what you're saying is as long as you consciously choose that it stays there for now or until you're ready then you're still owning this you've taken the ownership of it but you've decided that's where you'll stay for today and when i'm ready to revisit it then i'll take you back out again your definition of having choice is having other options as soon as you say i have no other option then you have no choice you're not making a choice so at least knowing there's three boxes not just the one box and it allows you to make that choice and you can you know look at in terms of people in relationships where they've been burned in a relationship or it's been a bad relationship or some description and they want to put it in the denial box I just want it put behind me and pretend that never happened. Or they can put it into that fight at box and say, no, I'm going to have a great relationship in spite of the fact I've gone through all that. And you fight it. Sometimes you even fight your partner or take it out on the, your next partner because of what the previous partner did. And all those things can work really well, but eventually will start to work against. Or you can take that experience, that bad experience, and say, I'm going to have wonderful, fulfilling, happy, tremendous relationships because of what I've been through. Because you will know how a relationship goes bad. You will sense it quicker. You'll smell it earlier. You will know the futile uh, value of keeping an argument going and where it could ultimately end up. So actually, you can be better equipped because of what you've been through. But the important thing to be aware on this as well is that, and we have deliberately gone down the road of bad, disappointing things that you wish hadn't happened through this model. This also happens for the good stuff. There are many people that will put the success in the denial box. So if something good has happened to me in the past, I deny it's happened. Yeah, because maybe you don't feel you were worth it. Or maybe you just feel it was lucky or people might look at you differently. So you kind of deny, you pretend not to have had success. And so you deny it to yourself because you don't want to become complacent or appear as arrogant or any of those aspects that you then say, I've been successful, but I'm going to pretend I haven't been. And also one of the things in there is that and entrepreneurs actually go through this. Entrepreneurs tend to know that they're really strong when their back's against the wall. So then they create some success because they're really good when their back's against the wall. But then they realize that they were at their best when their back was against the wall. So what they do is they try and pretend they're not successful to try and get the best out of themselves. And we all do that to an extent because we think, I went from nothing to something. I'm going to pretend I've not got something so that it appears I've got nothing. And all that does is gives you a low return on investment and low confidence. So they're denying where they are because when they were impoverished, living off noodles and water, they believe that's what it took to motivate them to build their billion business. So they pretend they pretend that it hasn't happened, so they're still, yeah, still impoverished students. And we all do that to an extent, but we think the happiest times when we had less. And so we deny the things that we then do have. And we go into denial of the good people. We go into denial of the good things. Sometimes for fear of losing them, sometimes for feeling not worthy. So we want to go into that denial of the good stuff, which undermines our confidence 
and undermines the return again investment. You can then move that into that fighter box of your success, the things you've got, and you can say, well, I have all these good things in spite of how I am at times. I have people around me in spite of how difficult I can sometimes be. I have great success in spite of getting it wrong from time to time. Yeah, that already sounds loads more positive. But again, you can feel the limiting factor of it, can't you? One example I had in my line of work was that I used to pretend I wasn't making it up. And a lot of the times I was making it up. (laughs) And I remember sitting across my client in particular. I was working intuitive. I was coming with the best intentions, but I was creating stuff. So you're making it up. And I had that in the denial box. So I I, I would pretend I wasn't making up. And that used to undermine my confidence and low return. So when it went really, really well and it made things happen that wouldn't have otherwise happened, I would come out feeling, oh, my God, I got away with that. And then I moved into the fight at box. And I was saying, I'm really good at what I do in spite of the fact sometimes. And eventually, and there was a client who gave me permission. But he sat across from me, a very high-profile guy, and he turned around and said to me, you're making it up. And I thought, oh, no, I've been found out. And I said, well, no. And he went, no, 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 you look insulted. He said, the reason why I pay for you to come and see me every month, he says, is because if you don't know, you'll try and create something. He said, the bits I value most are the bits that we're creating here and now, the bits that you're making up. And so I then started taking that creativity, that intuitive part, and saying, well, I'm going to be successful because I'm able to join dots, to create solutions, to make things happen that don't otherwise exist. Ah, Such powerful change, isn't it? It's so incredible. You're doing exactly the same thing in each of these three, but how you choose to take it on just changes everything. I mean, and this feeds in, as you said, into your confidence. And then that's going to keep building and building. And that gives you more capacity and more energy to, to take more stuff out of these boxes and put it into, into the user. I mean, this is, a, like you said, a virtuous circle. I think that's really interesting because when we said, I think it's the deny and the fight, maybe they've got that bad sort of starting point. You do just think this is going to be bad experiences or mistakes that you've made, things you're embarrassed about. And it's actually bringing them out in the open and actually wearing this with pride and using this to your advantage and making this clear that this forms part of the successful version of you. But the idea that it could also be good things that you're hiding and fighting. Yeah. That is, as you say, it's counterintuitive, but that makes total sense. You see people sabotage themselves and, and this imposter syndrome as well. This will be part of it, isn't it? Their confidence is low, and so they pretend it, had, it didn't really happen. It wasn't really them. In spite of how rubbish they are, they were lucky to be successful. But taking ownership of their great qualities and being consciously aware of how they did it, that's that using box. You and I have worked on this for a period of time. You know, that denial box is the kind of self-help, you know, where... You're no longer looking at the strengths that you've got. You're just looking at the gaps. So you're in denial of all the strengths that you have. And that gives you a low, low, low return. 
Then you get into self-improvement, which sits in the fighter box because self-improvement looks at your gaps or weaknesses. So that's then you're looking to fight, you're looking to be successful in spite of the weaknesses that you have. Whereas self-development sits in that user box. Build your confidence, gives you a greater return. It's more authentic, it's more genuine. It's been successful because of the strengths you already have. Now, from that position of strength, you can also then look at any weaknesses or gaps and they will then be less challenging and your solutions will be more authentic. The self-development sits in that user box, being successful because of who you are, not in spite of who you are, and certainly not pretending to be something or someone else. It's transformative, isn't it? If you can imagine, if you had more and more stuff in those upper boxes, the confidence it would give you to do more things. And I think of sales examples, you said you have bad clients, you have bad cues, you know, what you'd have learned about yourself, what you know works, what doesn't work, what you'll never you do again with a client, which clients you should never try and work with again, what you can trust about yourselves and the client, the team, the organization. If the moment you put this into the use it box, it's not a cause of celebration having a bad, a bad cue or losing an important customer, but it can be an important moment in the next steps of the journey, isn't it? This isn't something to be hidden away like, like the ugly stepchild in the cellar. This is this can make such a difference. I love it. The use it box. The user box opens you up to wonderful things like synchronicity, opportunity. All those wonderful things, gestalt, attracting things because you're open and you're looking ahead saying, and this is a not just a past thing, it's looking at where am I right now, how can I use this now? And also going forward when you're looking at these situations, how am I going to be able to use that for even greater benefit, for even greater return, for even greater confidence so that you can get that box ready? Now, I've got things in each of the three boxes. I'm not one of those people who professes to be some kind of perfect guru. I've got too many people who know me too well, and I work really hard. Uh, and because I work really hard, uh, I'm able to find new things to put in the denial box <laughs> and the fight it box regularly. Um, but I know they're not there forever. They're there until I decide to move them up that scale. So, And it really comes down to the three questions. The denial box is when you're asking, how can I hide this or how can I get away with this? The fight it box is how can I succeed in spite of this or how can I make sure this doesn't hold me back or those types of resistant questions. And then the use it box is how can I, because of this, how can I make this work for me? How can I make this a really important catalyst for something? How can I make this a turning point? How can I get to where I really want to because of all this? There's something like a third of, I mean, this is a made-up figure probably, but it's like one of those internet figures, a third of billionaires have some sort of learning difficulty. You kind of feel that these are the people who put it in there because of box. They weren't because of this. They had to learn how to do things really differently, and they wear it as a badge of honour, not as a fighter even. I mean, maybe that was how they started. I'll show school that I'm clever and smart and something. But eventually to get to that level of success, you're embracing the fact that you are different, that you think differently, that you see the world differently, that you have to do things in a different way. And in fact, you you stopped apologising for it. You've turned this into a superpower for yourself, isn't it? That's And some of these things are external. And it's why, you know, the highest 
proportion of billionaires, most of them have this a level of dyslexia. And as a community, it's the most successful community there is as people who are dyslexic. And the theory behind all that is that very early on, they got the gift of realising they couldn't do everything and anything. So they got to hone their skills on the things that they could do. Now, that circumstance encouraging that into the, into the because of box. But there's still a choice. They could have allowed that into the fight at box or denial box. And it's where you choose to put those circumstances. Boxers will come from hard backgrounds, you know, tough backgrounds. The most successful boxers tend to, and they've channeled all that in that because of box. But not everybody who comes from that background becomes a boxing champion. It's that choice within you, not just that circumstance, but that choice within you to say, I'm no longer going to be in denial of this. I'm going to get there in spite of all this. I'm not going to let this hold me back. And then getting to the stage of how do I channel this? How do I use this? How do I get this to make it work for me? The numbers I use, and I'm saying I, not the, the numbers, <laughs> you'll see why I just said, is I said a third of billionaires, as you said, are dyslexic, and a third of inmates in prisons are dyslexic. And as you just said, so it's people choosing... And there's obviously a number of other ways, but it is that boxes, isn't it? You know, how are you going to respond to this? And you've got the choice. And having the choice isn't easy, Warren. I've worked with a lot of clients, kids throughout the years. Normally when they're in that stage where they're kind of lost, and typically it's because they've been very gifted uh, internally and externally. So talented good at academics or good at a whole range of sports or whatever, can almost turn their hand to anything and they've got a background behind them where really anything's possible, which means they've yet to make that choice of what do I make work for me? So they're kind of, they've got so many options that there isn't a real focus. And because they could do anything, they end up with anything. And that then takes a discipline to still make that decision in self-determining. Sometimes when you can only do two things, that focus is one or the other. There's a hundred things you could do. Then that takes another level of discipline to say, well, out of the hundred things, I love 20 of them. But if I have to pick one, this is the one I'm going to go for. And again, that is still ensuring that you're not getting caught in denial with options. I can do anything, so I really don't need to choose. You know, or I'm choosing in spite of the fact that I can do anything. Or I'm going to choose this because I've got a whole load of options. So it's applicable to any individual, any situation, any time in their life. It's not too early and it's certainly not too late. But make sure that you understand that those three boxes and these sets of questions that get you in those boxes. So at an operational level of this, be aware that there are three boxes. And it's not just everything bundled into the same box. There are three boxes. The management aspect of this is to understand what these three boxes do and ensure that you're placing it in the box that you have decided to place it in. And then that strategic level is you determining 
ultimately where you're going to get things to in terms of which box. Because the thing is, you're putting things in boxes already, but maybe not consciously. So knowing what you where you want to get to, what should be in each box and start shifting them around. And for me, I mean, one of the big ones is that on the operation level, knowing there's the three boxes, but knowing that things should be in these three boxes, knowing that you can control. Is that the management level? Knowing that I get to put stuff or there is... Yeah, and you get to put it there as opposed to other people telling you what box they think you should put it in or just I put it in this box or so should you. This is you taking that ownership, that self-management, because there are some things that are an awful lot easier for other people to move up into that third box. And there's other people who are determined to keep it in the denial box. That shouldn't define you. This self-management is about you taking ownership, you taking responsibility for that and saying, that I'm going to decide what box I put this in and when, because you might not be ready to go right now. That's self-determination. That's great. You decide. The three boxes. Simple. Deny it. Fight it. Use it. Again, when you hear it, it makes so much sense. So it's simple. You have the choice. You can consciously choose to leave things in the boxes or to move them. But having that choice is key. Self-determining your own future. But being aware, that's the first thing for me. Just suddenly understanding that you can know that it's a thing and that it can be put into a box. That was of a great help to me. Anyway, one quick thing, I did look up the numbers. Supposedly there was a study showing that 40% of millionaires are dyslexic, which is crazy. And about 30% of entrepreneurs are dyslexic. In one study in Texas, it was almost half the prison population had dyslexia or some learning difficulties. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, causation, correlation numbers going on there. But yeah, just want to clear that up. It is a big, crazy number. Anyway, hope this one's useful. Hope you get to use it. I look forward to talking to you all again soon. Bye.